Hey Bucks fans, welcome to the Pewter Cast, and more than that, welcome to our very first instant cast that we've ever done. Uh, here we're going to be talking about the Browns versus Bucks, and uh, here's the deal: I've just gotten done watching the game. It's uh, Saturday early afternoon, and uh, now I'm here in the studio. Uh, now you may be scratching your head, saying uh, it's not so instant. The game was, you know, last night, and I understand that. But here's the deal: I wasn't able to watch it live last night uh, because uh, for for my job as a comedian. Um, I really need games to be on Sundays, not Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, which is when shows typically happen for me. And uh, and when I'm not doing a show as a parent and as a husband, uh, you know, if I'm not out doing a show, then that's time where I'm getting some family time in, or it's a date night with my wife. Um, but I tell you, Sunday afternoons, you know, when everyone else in the house is asleep and everybody's taking a nap, daddy's watching himself some football for 22 weeks. Oh my gosh, that sounds so glorious. Oh, it's so glorious. Uh, And I got to tell you guys, just so you know, I've already blacked out the Thursday night game that we're going to have this year and even the Monday night game that we'll have. Um, But, you know, I just I couldn't block off the entire month of August, you know, for for the preseason because, well, it's just the preseason. Uh, But anyway, guys, here we are now. This is an instant cast. We're going to be just talking about uh, uh, some immediate thoughts coming off of the game. Now, here's the deal. We've been saying all summer we set a goal to hit 25 iTunes reviews. This is the Pewtercast first season where we're broadcasting. And so we're trying to get some momentum, get some things built up. And so we set a goal, 25 iTunes reviews, and we're going to do one of these if we hit the goal, uh, if we hit the goal by the end of the preseason, rather, you know, by September 11th, honestly, it's when the first game happens over in Atlanta. If we hit that goal, we're going to add this show, this instant cast uh, for the whole season. So if you guys like what you're hearing here, this is kind of a preview. This gives us an idea of what this is going to be like, gives you guys an idea, honestly gives me a little bit of an idea because this is the first one. I've never done one before. And uh, if we do that, we'll add this. And the way we unlock that is all you have to do is go over to iTunes, uh, click on write a review or leave a review and uh, rate us. Hopefully you rate us five stars, uh, write out your review and uh, you know we get up to 25. And right now we're sitting at like 15. So um you know, we just need 10 more, which is great. And we've got plenty of time to do it, though the clock is definitely ticking. All right. Uh, so all of that said, uh, we're going to be talking about the Bucks versus Browns uh, preseason game that I just finished watch. watching. If you guys uh, have watched the game, and this was not going to be spoiler free. Uh, it, I, sorry, it's just not. I, I can't talk about the game without it. Uh, the, the Bucks obviously won, and we won big 30-13. to 13. Um, and if you guys were listening to episode nine, the main show over there where we were reviewing the uh, Jags game from last week, you know, one of the things that I had said, cause we won there, right. Is I said that an ugly win is still better than a pretty loss, you know? Uh, cause I, I just, I, I didn't think it was a great win for, for Tampa Bay. A win's a win, but it wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't a pretty win. It was, it was, it was really kind of ugly and, uh, you know, but an ugly win was still better than a pretty loss, but I got to tell you, you know, what's better than an ugly win is a really, really, really pretty win. And that's what I think this game is. I think that's what we guys got. Guys, this was a great game for Tampa Bay. Um, now, listen, in the preseason game so far, 
Uh, we've been looking at position battles, not worrying so much about the score, though certainly we keep saying every time you keep, every time you keep score, you definitely want to win. Um, but this game is different, you know, uh, at least for the first half. All right, that, let's just qualify it. At least for the first half, our starters were in there on offense. The starters were in there on defense for the whole time. And this was not, they weren't doing position battles at this point. That was not the point of this game here. They're just trying to go out and show off what they can do. We're trying to see what they got. We're not, we're actually calling plays like we would in a regular football game, trying to get points on the board. And man, did we get some points on the board? What, what was it? 27 points heading into halftime with our first team uh, offense out there and uh, defense certainly doing what they got to do. Special teams. It was a great game on, on that level. We competed on all three levels. We competed in offense. We competed on defense. We competed on special teams. Uh, shout out to Adam Humphreys returning a freaking uh, punt return. 70 something yards. Oh my gosh. That sounds great. Um, it was great. I, I loved this game. I loved watching this game. It was a fun game to watch. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, all of that said, overall, though, because I'm kind of giving my overall thoughts of the game, I'm finding my excitement kind of tempered. Okay, fans, I'm finding it just a little bit tempered because, yes, this was a great football game. It was a really, really good game. Um, but here's, here's what I just want to point out. And I, I have to know this. I have to understand this. This is just reality. This is talking, frankly, one great game, one great night doesn't mean that everything is fixed and that it's easy sailing from here on out. You know, the trick is what, what's really going to help us, what we've got to find out, what our team has to find out is how do you take this momentum and keep it going? That's where we are now. Uh, you know, cause you guys remember the Eagles game now, not the preseason game two weeks ago. I'm talking about the regular season game last year. You know, the one where we came out and dominated. I mean, we decimated the Eagles. Oh, it was so great. Uh, and uh, again, once again, all three phases, you know, offense, defense, special teams just worked fantastic. It was a glorious win, but did that mean that we had easy wins throughout the rest of the season? No. Did we make the playoffs after that four game skid at the end of the year? No, we couldn't sustain it. Okay. So that's going to be the trick is how do we keep that momentum going? That's, that's the next step. We've proven that we're a good team, you know, cause we know what we got, right? We've got the talent. We've got leadership on the team, which is so important. Uh, we have a team that has proven that they can win and be dominant in all three phases of football. We also have momentum and confidence heading into the regular season. And now we've got to keep building on it. You know, and, and listen, there's going to come times throughout the season where we stub our toe, you know, we get tripped up a little bit. Maybe we lose a game. Maybe there's a bad snap, a bad kick, and we have to learn and we have to know now that we have momentum going when those things happen, cause they will, how do we shake it off and not let it defeat our momentum, not let it take the air out of our sails, so to speak. The team has proven that they can be a good team. The team has proven that they can get done what they need to get done. Now what they need to prove is, is that they can keep doing it, that they can keep rolling with that. Because, you know, we have one more preseason game coming up, and uh, that our, our starters are pretty much taking that game off. They'll probably come out, play one series, and, and then that's it. They might even just take one snap. They might not even do that. Generally, I think they start the game and then they're out. But, um, it, you know, they're they're taking off next game. All right, so they're gonna. This is the game that they're gonna be rolling with some momentum, heading into that Atlanta game. Uh, it, now they just, like I said, they just have to keep proving that they can do it. They've proven they can. Now can they prove that they can keep doing it? You know, it reminds me of a time when I was a kid. Uh, I, I was in elementary school. I remember this very, very clearly, uh, and it was to my own detriment, as it turned out. 
it, it, you know, I remember taking a test and I, I did really great on the test. I got like a hundred percent, you know, you just, you can't get any better than that. It's a hundred percent. And I brought it home and my mom and dad looked at it and they said, great, you've proven you can do it. Now these are the grades that I expect you to get for the rest of the year. And as a, as a, as an elementary school kid, I stepped back and I went, Whoa, they want me to do this all the time now. I better not do that. So like the next couple of tests, I tanked them on purpose. You know, like, like I, I got them like right at a B and my parents were just like, well, that's not as good as you were just keep here. And so what I did was I purposely tanked my own grade so that I wouldn't have to work as hard. And you know, I just maintained a B level and that that's really what I did for the rest of, you know, my school career was a B level. And man, that, that kind of came back to bite me when it came time to get scholarships and stuff and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, we don't want them to do that, right? You've proven that you can do this. Now you can keep doing it. Now, now you got to keep doing it. So that's that's really the thought, kind of overall that I have. Um, something else I thought just overall was that these starters proved why they're the starters. You know, people like people like ASJ and Vernon Hargraves proved why they're battling for that starting spot, that number one, that number two spot, not the third, fourth, or fifth on the depth chart. They, they proved why they belong in that upper echelon. There was a clear separate, sorry, there was a clear separation between those class of players. So uh, overall, that's really kind of what I thought. Why don't we get to some specifics, uh, specific people who stood out. I thought Jameis stood out really great. You know, there's just a presence and a command on the field that isn't there when he's not on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, you can just feel it when he's on the field and he's got it. He's calling people are, are, are following his lead and what he's doing. And it's really great uh, to see that. Uh, I thought Mike Evans stood out. He, he stood out to me in this game. Like he hasn't all preseason. I've seen him a couple times flash up here and there, but this game, he really stood out and went, Oh, there's the Mike Evans. That's that Mike Evans of the rookie year is what it looks like to me. And, um, you know, uh, Phil Sims on the commentating, he said that he and uh, Jameis, Mike Evans and Jameis, set a goal to be the best quarterback wide receiver combo in the NFL. And here's the thing coming from Jameis, uh, that's not just talk. Like, that's a real goal. Like, they really mean it. They really want to be the best quarterback wide receiver combo. And they don't just want to be, they have the will to be. They just don't have the want to. They have the will to because they're getting out. And, the, you know, we saw it through the offseason. We saw it before uh, camps and OTA, OTAs even started. You heard reports of, of Mike Evans and Jameis Winston out there throwing and catching passes, working on their chemistry together. So, you know, I, I'm anxious to see this. I want to see. I think this is going to be a storyline, a thread that develops. You know, they talk about we've already got the best one-two punch in the backfield in football between Doug Martin and Charles Sims. Now, what if we had the best quarterback wide receiver combo in the NFL as well. Holy cow, that should be so great, especially for a team that's never truly had much of an offense. Man, that'd be fantastic. And you know what I think, Bucks fans? I think we need a name for it. You know, I think we need a shipping name. There's a there's a phrase I never thought I would have actually said. Uh, so what do we want to call it, Bucks? What do you what do you guys say? Respond to me. Let me know. Uh, I, I had this one. I thought, you know, do we want to do the 313 hookup? You know, is that what we're going to call them? The 313 hookup? Uh, or I like this one. How about just the chemistry? It's just the chemistry. That's 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 what we're going to call it. We want to see some chemistry talking about Jameis and Mike Evans. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think we should call it? What should we call that? You know, that's the best one two punch. Uh, Doug and, and Chuck, uh, what are we going to call Mike and Jameis? You guys let me know on Twitter uh, or Facebook. I'd love to hear that. Um, VJax came in. Let's talk about him. Um, and he really showed up for the first time this year in a way that 
uh, not just this year. I think he showed up in a way that I did not even see him last year in a way that he's not done yet. There was, there was something in his eyes that you could see like, you know, through the face mask and the helmet, you, you could see something in his eyes that he was playing with this renewed vigor, some sort of a renewed strength. I, 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 I don't know. I can't quite place my finger on exactly what it is. But I loved seeing that come out of V-Jack, showing, you know what, he's not too old to play this game. In fact, he's still in his prime, and he's doing the. He's just going to be one of the most dominant wide receivers that we have out there. He had a nasty catch. He snatched it out of the hands of, of a defender. It was so great. Uh, Adam Humphreys, uh, you know, here's the thing about Adam Humphreys. He made it super clear, super clear why he is the number three receiver and why he's earned it. And then can we talk about that punt return? Oh my gosh, punt return all the way back to the house for a touchdown. Come on and get it, Mr. Adam Humphreys out of Clemson. What now? Undrafted free agent. Was gone last year, came back, hit the practice squad, came back, got it, and earned, an, earned a roster spot. Not just roster spot, he's earned a high spot in the roster spot, uh, a high high part of the roster spot. So, man, I thought that was great. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, I got to mention him. You know, I, I think ASJ is making a really strong case for sharing the tight end number one tight end duties with Cam Brake. Now think about that. Wouldn't that be something to not just have a number one tight end and a number two tight end, but to have two number one tight ends. That'd be kind of cool. You know, going into double tight end sets or triple tight end sets. We saw some of those, particularly in the Jags game. I didn't really notice as many in this particular game. Uh, that might be something that I'm going to have to watch on a, on a rewatch of this game if I get to do one. Uh, Doug Martin, it was really great to have him back after he sat out last game. And Doug is really reminding me, uh, he's, he's looking just like the Doug Martin that we know, that we know and love, you know, Derek, uh, old school over there at what the buck says, listen, there's only two Doug Martins. There's a healthy Doug Martin and there's a sick Doug Martin. There's an injured Doug Martin. That's it. And this is a very healthy Doug Martin. He was busting tackles. He was hitting people. He was hitting the hole, just, just banging his way through kind of in a lot of the way Mike Allstott used to break tackles. You know, now he he's got his own style. He's got his own way of doing it. But man, it, it just that's just kind of a force that that uh, I'm I'm really glad to be able to start comparing those. Wouldn't that be something to see Mike Allstott and Doug Martin's name up next to each other in the Ring of Honor one day? That could be awesome. Uh, Chuck Sims, you know, uh, here's the thing: I, he did so great in that in that role, his number two role in in the running back spot. He just seems so comfortable there. You know, he was making lots of big plays. He had a touchdown. It, it was just a great spot for him. I like him really. It, it just, that's where he fits, you know, and there's, there's no shame in that. There's nothing, uh, it, there doesn't need to be the competing back and forth a lot that between him and Doug Martin, they just work together. One's better on this side, on, on this spot and this set of downs and another one's on this spot and this set of downs. And they work together in tandem. One, two punch, loved having them there. Um, let's move over to the offensive line, Joe Holly. Um, you know, now here's something, uh, in this game, we were without Ali Marpet and Kevin Pamphill. And, you know, I know we're paying him a lot of money, but I can't quite say that we're missing J.R. Sweezy when we've never really had him, you know, but I, I guess we're missing him too. Okay. So Ali Marpet, Kevin Pamphill, um, J.R. Sweezy, three, three starters really. Uh, so Evan Smith, you know, after being in this battle for center, we've heard about it all summer long, this battle for battle for center between him and Harley, him and Holly, he doesn't play center this week. Like he did last week. He moves over to the right guard spot for Marpet. A new guy, Josh Allen steps in at the left guard spot for Pam feel or slash Sweezy. If he ever comes back and, uh, you know what? I thought the offensive line played with a fierceness and a sharpness that even in those guys' absence, we still felt. 
Now, admittedly, I didn't watch them specifically a ton. Okay, it just you know, there's so many things when you do a, a single watch through of the game, you can't watch every single position and every single play. I didn't watch them a ton, but here's what I know: I know there was no sacks on Jameis, none at all. I know Jameis was making passes all day long. I know Chuck and Doug were able to run pretty well up the field, um, and even even when Jameis, um, when even when Jameis got off on a couple runs himself, you know, he nabbed a first down to save a drive. You know, so all of that says to me that proof positive. Holly and his beard, Joe Holly and his beard need to get the starting center spot. Evan Smith, I love him on the team. I love him on the offensive line, but I want him as that swing inside man for wherever we need to plug him in. I think the OL just works better that way. You know, that offensive line, they just work better that way. You know, and as it turns out, um, you know, it looks like Smith still sees plenty of playing time. He saw a lot last year. He doesn't look like he's probably going to see, see, uh, He's not going to be on the bench too much this this next year. Just that's the nature of an offensive line, you know. Um, and not saying I wish anybody to get hurt. I really don't. But hey, that's uh, yeah. I like seeing that. And uh, hey, just a little sending out a little love to Kevin Pamphil. You know, he was out for personal reasons. Uh, apparently, I think it was uh, his grandmother or someone had just passed away, and he was excused from the game to go be with the family. Um, so uh, uh, sending lots of love out to to Kevin Pamphil there on that. Uh, let's talk about the defense. I mean, what can you really say about these guys? The defensive line was all over RG three, the entire game. I mean, there were eight sacks throughout the course of the entire game. Five of them were on RG three with the first team defense coming after him, you know? And there was that one play. It was, it was, uh, who was, it, it was McCoy and Noah Spence. And I want to say Colston, I want to say him. And then, uh, or maybe it was Robert Ayers. That might have been who it was. Robert Ayers, Noah Spence, and uh, Gerald McCoy were all on RG3 in one specific play, <laughs> taking him down. And there was like Jacque Smith like out on the side just going, yeah, hey, uh, I'm going to hang out here. And then he he noticed that, there, that the ball was loose, and he went in to, to scrape for the ball. Um, of course, the cameras didn't pick up the fact that he actually recovered the ball. I don't know if he did or not, but they couldn't overturn that ruling on the field. But still, I mean, my God, just three guys busted through their offensive line and made it to the quarterback all in the same play. That's got to be scary if you're a quarterback. I don't care who you are. Uh, Robert Ayers, I think he proved to us and to other teams that they cannot just focus on shutting down 93 anymore. They, they can't do it. They have to game plan for the other people. Will Golston got in on some of that action. Jacoby Smith talked about him just a second ago. He came in. I think he had two sacks. You know, that's a sneaky little dude. You can't just teams. Listen, let's put 31 teams on notice. You can't just game plan for Joe McCoy anymore. We've got more people up there. You're going to have to plan on them too. And in doing so, you're going to have to keep an eye on Joe McCoy too, because he's going to get his, um, you know, so once you get past the defensive line, you know, Quan. Quan was back there. You know, he's just he's just waiting to get in the backfield all day long. And we saw him get back there more than once. Uh, there was even one play when when McCowan was in uh, right at the stop, right at the top of the second half. And he was telling the guys on the line and, and the rest of his team, like, watch out for 58. Watch out for Quan. Watch out for Quan. And on that same play, Quan, Quan still wound up in McCowan's face. Like it was it was glorious. He's like, watch him. Watch him. He's coming for me. And he did. Um I, I love that. Uh, Grant, Grimes, Brent Grimes, and Vernon. Altron, I thought all looked great. Frick, uh, uh, Chris freaking Conti made a couple of really big splash plays. He and Keith Tandy both came out, I think, with five sacks on the game. I don't have to go look at the look at the box scores to find that out, uh, just to, to verify that. This is an instant take cast. I, I don't do research yet. Um, 
Uh, but Keith Candy, I thought he had some really nice plays, really challenging for that for that spot as a safety on the team. Uh, you know, because there's Bradley McDougald. I didn't notice him as much in this particular game. I noticed Keith Candy a little bit more. Uh, definitely Chris Conti, man. Uh, you know, for a guy who came in taking a lot of flack last year. Um, you know, loved seeing him get in there. Safety has been. I've I've said it many times. It's the it's the one position spot that I'm most nervous about. I didn't, I didn't think we bulked it up enough, but Hey, if those guys can hold it down, awesome, let's get it. So guys, overall, I think the first team offense and the first team defense looked solid. And now I need them to rest up for the rest of the week and be ready to get nasty in the ATL. And I can't wait to see it because I'm going to be there live. So guys, that that's it. Okay. Now I can't get out of here without one more thing to talk about. This would normally be where, you know, we'd cut it off. It's right at 20 minutes, instant cast and we're done. But I, I, we got to talk about him just because it's the big story this week. Roberto Aguayo. Can I give him a hug? So like, like, can I just go give this guy a hug? I'd really hashtag I'm with 19. I'd love to do. I just, I want to give him a hug. Hashtag I'm with 19. You know, guys, I've been saying it since he was drafted. The number two pick, the the round two pick on Roberto Aguayo was not wasted because he's a position who puts points on the board. And in fact, last night, it was 12 points. Hashtag, I'm with 19. You know, for all the crap that people have been saying this week about Roberto Aguayo, I truly hope that they're going to eat some humble pie this week. Hashtag, I'm with 19. Yeah, but they're not going to. I, I doubt it. They probably won't because those guys are prigs who think that they just always think that they're right and they lay in wait so that they can be proven right. And then they use their voice and their platform to rile up the fan base into a frenzy just so that they can say that they were right the entire time. Hashtag I'm with 19. Now, you know, guys, that said, I, I'm sure there are tons of articles pro- proclaiming that Aguayo has been cured and his confidence is back and he's a money shot from here on out. And honestly, I, I don't know because I just watched the game and I've stayed away from all the media and, and what everybody's been saying about this game so that I could give you this particular instant cast. But I'm sure a lot of people are uh, saying that. But here's the thing, guys. I would urge caution, Bucks fans. All right, I really would. All right, Kind of like I said, I, this was a great game and I'm tempered by it. I loved what Aguayo did here. Hashtag I'm with 19 but I'm still tempered. This is a guy who has still not had his first NFL kick. He's still in the kitchen. Things are still baking. It's still not done yet. Hashtag I'm with 19. Guys, the truth is about Roberto Aguayo, this could be an up and down season for him. All right? And here's what I want to challenge you, the fan base, to do. Ride the wave. Just ride the wave. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Okay? But let's ride the wave. Hashtag I'm with 19. Here's what I'm saying, Bucks fans. Let's just boil it down to brass tacks. Don't be an asshole fan base. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Regardless of what some other people in different media outlets are are trying to do to stoke up in you. Okay. Instead, let's get behind our kicker. Let's be the wind at his back. And here's the thing. I know for 100% certainty of fact that if we do, if we get behind him and we are the wind at his back, he's going to have a much better first year than, especially when everything counts. Then if we're if we're riding off the rails and we keep crying about whether or not he should have been picked in the second round in the first place and running off calling him a basket case, he's going to do so much better if we're behind him than if we're doing that kind of craziness. Hashtag I'm with 19. Listen, guys, here's the thing. We can't go back and unpick him from the second round. We can't go back and pick somebody else. You can't change that. Bucks fans, what I'm saying is, is that just as we have to demand consistency from our team, We need to be consistent fans ourselves, which means that when the team wins, 
we're fans. When the team loses, we're fans. Hashtag, I'm with 19 and the other 53 guys that are going to be on the roster. We don't need to speak evil of our team, Bucks fans. We don't need to speak evil of the players on our teams. Now, here's the thing. We can speak frankly. All right, that's that's really okay. That's encouraged. All right, we don't have to go around blowing sunshine up each other's butts. All right, but we don't need to be a toxic fan base and think it's cool or that it's okay because we're just telling it like it is, man. Hashtag I'm with nineteen. Because you know what the truth is, half the time, what they're telling you isn't actually the way it is. You know, we all heard reports this week of people booing Aguayo in practice, didn't we? And then like Roy, Roy Cummings, I think Ira Kaufman might have said something. Greg Allman all said, yeah, I was there. That, that didn't actually happen. I, I, saw, I saw a report somewhere. I'm not exactly sure who it was. They said actually what it was was it was a really small, very quiet boo that was directed towards some Browns players who just kind of happened to be crossing in front of them. And that just happened to be happening while Roberto Aguayo was out on the field practicing his kicks. Like that's all it was. You know, but it got turned into this big thing. It got blown, you know, the fans and fans it got fanned into flame so much that even uh, the the broadcasters said as soon as Aguayo came out, oh, people were booing him at camp this week. Oh, my gosh. Guys, that's for as little as, as Tampa Bay makes national media news, that's actually what made the news. That's what went up there. Are you kidding me? Apparently, all it was was just a groan. You know, he missed a kick and people went, oh, but it wasn't a boo. All right wasn't a boo and then and then people make a big deal out of Aguayo not kicking for the next day or the next two days and as it turns out is I think it was Greg Allman who pointed out on his Locked on Bucks podcast you guys go subscribe listen to that one that it was probably just because quick kickers don't kick every day in practice and it was probably just a time when he wasn't scheduled to kick that day so getting nasty and telling it like it is often really isn't how it is hashtag I'm with 19 fans have I made my point can we all agree to get behind our kicker? In fact, can we agree to get behind all of our players and ride the wave? One preseason game, hell, even one regular season game, good or bad, does not dictate the rest of the season. Or even it doesn't dictate a person's entire career or their value as a football player. Okay? Can we all be on that page? Like, Can we just be a good fan base and get behind our team and support them? Can we do that? That's what I'm taking out of this instant take from this from this, from this cast. Because Roberto Aguayo went out, he was 100%. Hashtag I'm with 19. He was 100% this game. And you know what? I think he's going he's gonna to have a really good percentage. That's just my prediction. I don't make a whole lot of predictions on this show. But I think he's going to do pretty well. And I think he's going to miss some. I really think he's going to miss some. And it's okay. We got to ride the wave. Hashtag I'm with 19. Hey, by the way, have you guys heard of this new hashtag that we created here on the Pewtercast? Yeah, it, it's hashtag I'm with 19. No apostrophe because you don't want to break the hashtag. Hashtag I'm, and it's to show our support for Aguayo, especially when there's some other people out there that are just being idiots trying to bash a guy, you know? Um, and and specifically, it's created to show our support for Aguayo and to be that winded is back that he can just click on that and he can see everybody who's who's posting that. You know, and what I loved, I loved this weekend because we just put that out. I think it was like last Thursday, maybe Wednesday. Um I love seeing the number of people who've already started using it. So you guys use it to hashtag I'm with 19. Let's be at the wind at their back. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, instant cast. This very first instant cast this is kind of a preview of what these things could look like. Uh, be on the lookout for our main show, which is going to be coming later this week, where we're going to have a full analysis of the game, plus a brand new top five. And we'll have a new discussion segment. 
And hey, listen, if you want to get on that show, go ahead and send me your thoughts and your questions to thepewtercast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at thepewtercast or over at facebook.com forward slash thepewtercast. And uh, hey, listen, if you like this instant cast episode, head over to iTunes, leave a review. If we get 25, we'll make this a regular part of our season. And if you've already done that, thank you so much. Call your friends and have them do it too. That way we can get to 25. All right, guys, I'll see you later this week. Go Bucks.